bonus. Bonus. Episode. The big bonus. Episode. Bonus means extra. Matt and Alex. Bonus. Episode. Well, Meadowkind, this is quite exciting. A little uh, bonus episode here of Matt and Alex's All Day Breakfast. Yeah, that's right. It's brought to you by Koala for every home among the gum trees. And uh, we're doing something a little bit different. This segment is all about comfy couches, uncomfy topics with your boys, Matt and Alex. Yes, that's right. We've got an incredible lineup of guests who are going to be joining us for these little segments. And we're going to be asking them questions that potentially we wouldn't really get to in a standard Matt and Alex episode. Some questions that, you know, could go go to the depth of who people are, some lived experience and some topics that, yeah, just make you... Uh, get a little bit awkward sometimes, but... We're putting on the uh, scuba gear, going for a deep dive into the uh, incredible lived experiences, cultures, and background of these amazing guests. And before we jump into it, Matt, we should put a trigger warning on here as well. We had a great chat with our next guest, but uh, there were mentions of suicide throughout, so if that brings up issues for you, maybe think about whether this is the correct podcast for you, but also... Remember that Lifeline is always there to talk as well. One three one 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 four. Now let's jump into our chat. And our guest today, Matt O'Kine, is a comedian who supported the likes of Will Anderson and Zoe Coombs Ma, performed at the Sydney Opera House, Tonightly, Splendor in the Grass, and also is the co-host of a podcast, We'll Just Tell Your Mother We Ate It All, uh, which is a podcast about teen sex comedies, which has Andrew Hastings and Jamie Kirk on it as well. Also happens to be a transgender lesbian comedian. It's Rosie Piper. Hey, Rosie. Hello, that podcast is now defunct. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But you could go back and listen yeah. to the gold from previous podcasts, surely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly true. right. Would I advise hey. you to? That's a different story. Was it defunct <laughs> because you had too much uh, going on or was it because you ran out of teen sex comedies of which to review and rate and talk about? It's probably the latter because uh, there's about eight good movies in that genre <laughs> and after over two years, uh, I think we got a bit sick of... Uh, how far we were stretching the premise. Do you have a um, a pinnacle of teen sex comedies? What's an, what's an actually has good to be one? American Pie, surely. Yeah, I mean that's what it's named after. That's like the the first American Pie is pretty hard to beat. Mm. Absolutely. No, no Euro Trip or or anything like that. Uh, I I'm always a big fan of Euro Trip. That mm. was the first movie we ever did. I think Ooh. Road Trip is quite good as well. That's right with Amazing. Tom, Tom yes. Green. Yeah. yeah, that was a big Hold one. Up surprisingly well. At the video store. I mean, old school. We're now, we're now we're getting away from the sex comedies, but old school is up there for those ones as well. Um, yeah. Rosie, let's mm-hmm. let's get let's get into the uh, you know the d- deep into the chat here. Um, mm-hmm. So the first thing that listeners are going to probably recognise is that you have quite a deep voice. Um, yes. And transitioning right now. I mean, what 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 stage are you at? In, in this process and what what is um, the process of of being uh, transgender and, tr- and changing your gender well i mean i i think like it kind of differs from person to person like some people choose to never go on the hormones or anything like that uh some people don't bother with the surgeries or some people maybe just don't get like the bottom surgery but want to i mean this is also probably just largely speaking to a, a male to female experience um i can't say i'm overly familiar with the female to male side of things um but like at least like sort of my trajectory has been uh starting on hormones which uh i've been on for a bit over two years 
uh, and that kind of continues forever. Um, mm. But albeit in a kind of reduced capacity, the further through you get it, and then you can decide whether or not you want to get you know surgeries, like whether it's like sex reassignment surgery or like you know get some big juicy titties put in <laughs> or. <laughs> get facial feminization surgery, which is like they're, they're all expensive things that are on my to-do list when that happens. Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah. What, what what sort of feelings in you would mean those those surgeries are, are pretty crucial to your to your experience? It's like I think it's like combating dysphoria, um, mm-hmm. like never feeling comfortable in the body that you have. Um, like I always like felt like I kind of had like a phantom limb where my boobs should have been, uh, which is nice that I've like grown some little ones now, but uh, they, they're going to have to get a bit bigger to be in proportion because I'm six foot two and broad-shouldered. <laughs> and, <laughs> and juicier. Don't forget that one, oh, Rosie. Yeah. They're definitely juicy. Well, they need to match my juicy ass. So, uh, <laughs> that, that's it. Well, I guess, I guess in this situation, uncomfortable conversations have uh, come secondary to uncomfortable thoughts because, you know, reading a little bit about your experience, that's that's where it begins for a lot of trans people. And can you tell us what that's like and when that sort of leads to a conversation? Uh, I mean, like, I, I was always uncomfortable, like, from, like, a very early age, but it was, like, because at least, like, because I grew up in, like, the 90s, there wasn't, like, the internet wasn't around as much. There wasn't, like, because there's, like, forums and stuff everywhere all over the internet now that people can go to, which is great. Um, But, like, yeah, I didn't really, like, understand the feelings of dysphoria, so it took, like, quite a long time. I didn't come out until I was 28. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, like, a kind of... I guess it just depends on like whether or not you have the support network around you to think like, oh, hey, I can talk to somebody about what I'm feeling. But like, I also just like, I didn't know how to articulate it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it just like kind of felt like feelings in the back of your head of like, oh, you want to wear women's clothes and stuff? You must be gay. That's bad. Um, mm. And it turns out I am gay, uh, but just the different type of gay. So was there a light bulb moment where you thought, okay, this is absolutely something that I'm going to do? Um, in a way, uh, like I kind of like knew for a while and like, cause I think about, it was probably about the age of 23, I, um, started to explore, like, I guess what I was calling cross-dressing. Uh, I was doing air quotes for anyone listening. Um, <laughs> but, um, like kind of the more that I got to do that, the more like I kind of asked myself all the questions about like there's there's a lot more to this, isn't there? Um, and then it was actually a, a conversation that I had with Becky Lucas. Um, we'd uh, done a gig and I gave her a lift home and she just – she asked me like quite a lot of um, kind of frank questions that I hadn't really – been asking myself stuff like have you picked a name that seems like an obvious sign like uh just like when you go home and you take the clothes off does it feel like you're getting like back into a costume and all this sort of stuff and then i yeah i dropped her out the front of her house drove to the end of her street and stopped and went oh shit (laughs) (laughs) what was it about that that particular experience like you're like oh this is going to be a process you know is that is that what the um apprehension was yeah, I think it was just kind of realizing, you know, like you, you now, you've known this all along, but now you know what this entails. Like it's going to make your life exponentially more difficult. I think it was like a movie. I kind of like drove around for a bit after that and then I like drove home, 
walked upstairs and like opened the door. My like girlfriend at the time was asleep in bed and looked at her and just went, ah, f- <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Cause I guess and you're in such an impossible decision because you, you're already in a situation where you feel, um, the, the dysphoria where, you know, you, you're not comfortable. You, you need to find something else, but you're right with the, the, you know, the prejudice and the various things that entails trans people still to this day, that there's a whole mm. process there. What, why did you lean towards towards the other impossible choice, I guess, of, of transitioning? Uh, it just wouldn't have, like, it drove me insane mm. enough to, like, it's like that, like, yeah, getting back into a costume thing. Like, it just, like, it, it, it was this constant feeling of dread, like, over hanging over my head. Um, so, like, it was, okay, you can kind of live for the rest of your life with male privilege, but deep down know that that's not you or you can try and live as your authentic self and as hard as that may be, hopefully that will kind of make you happier and it very much has. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, I mean, you're, you, you seem to be those still on a, I mean, would you consider being relatively early on in the journey or are you halfway through or towards the end? And, and if so, has there been any point along this journey that you have been tempted or scared and wanted to turn back? I mean, maybe not so much turn back. Like there's certainly been uh, times uh, where you think, oh, this is too hard. And then the bad suicide thoughts uh, start creeping in, um, which which is never fun. Uh, there was more of that in the earlier days because I think it's like it's getting used to um, – I think, like, going through puberty in your 30s, like, couples, like, all the trials and tribulations or whatever that come with being in your 30s and, like, being, like, a proper adult or whatever and then just injecting heaps of teenage emotion into that, yeah. which makes it really hard to kind of handle how overwhelming things can be at times. So talk to us about the the hormones that you take and um mm-hmm. and you know which is part of what you said is part of the sort of start of the journey and the thing you have going to have to do for your whole life what what mm-hmm. are we talking what what is the what do they look like are we talking pills you know injections and have did you notice have you noticed an emotional change since you've started taking them absolutely um massively like I think like one positive thing I think was just like the further into it I got, I was like, Oh, I've like feel like what I'm supposed to feel like now. Um, like just getting rid of all that, like testosterone kind of angst or whatever was a very, very nice feeling. Like, like I feel like it kind of like changes the way that your sexuality manifests as well. Like I feel like it's more emotional than it is just like when you're a guy. <laughs> That's interesting. But like, yeah, but like you can't, they can come in like heaps of different forms. Like some people uh, have like ointments or whatever. Uh, some of it's injected. Like uh, I think in the early days I was essentially just taking the pill um, for estrogen, but then you get started on progesterone, which I have in pill form. Uh, there's testosterone blockers, which are in pill form. Uh, but uh, I've got uh, estrogen implants, which are in my butt, <laughs> which <laughs> Because I always thought, like when I when I switched from the pills of estrogen to the implant, I went into the endocrinologist, uh, and I expected it to be like the kind of like rod in the arm. The bar, like the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. And uh, I went there and he's like, okay, we're going to put it in. Can you take your pants off? I was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> put it in where? So they're actually, what, in the actual bum or like in the, a cheek? The gluteus uh, maximus. Yeah, they're in, they're in the cheek. There's, okay, um, I thought you might have had to shelve it or something. I was uh, yeah. sure. <laughs> but, um, Goodness. Are we going to put an adults only as a warning on the beginning of this? But also, um, Rosie, just wondering, um, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? As, as someone who is transitioning male to female, what is your mm-hmm. opinion on um, trans women in sport? Ah, right. Um, I mean, like – a famous example, I guess, like Hannah Mouncey, um, her whole thing with the AFLW, like I think a lot of the prejudice there comes from kind of prejudiced ideas of what women are supposed to be because I think like if based on her like skill level, which was like good, but like far from the best in like far from what would have been the best in the AFLW, like um, – the fact that she looked a bit more masculine and looked bigger, I think would have really put a lot of people off. Like if she was just like a little you know, short, skinny, twinky yeah. figure or something, I guess, <laughs> like I, I really don't think people would have as much of a problem because she would appear much more outwardly feminine. Um, so like, oh, like I'm sure like hormone levels need to be monitored in some way because, you know, it, could be very easy for some awful cynical person to be like, okay, well, I'm trans now, but I'm not going to do any of the hormone therapy and I'm just going to go in there and smash some people. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I think a, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of it is like kind of surface level stuff that mm-hmm. people have problems with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what about your own uh, career that you're in when it comes to comedy? How do you find, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah explaining your experiences to audiences and also just pulling humor out of something that w- would have caused you a lot of distress, you know, come getting to this point. Yeah. I just did a whole hour show about this like two days ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. It's good to kind of like reflect on your experience, I guess. But like, I think that's always been how I've dealt with anything is just try and laugh about it. Um, Cause otherwise you'll cry. Mm. Um, have you had any, have you had any audiences go like go at you yell and stuff or you know even in general have you had moments where you've feared for your your safety? Not really at gigs, but in the street, absolutely. Um, I I get called faggot all the time, which is not cool. Um, like people, there's definitely people who kind of like laugh at you and stuff like that, or, just, or, or even just like people's faces let them down where they don't realize that they're like giving me a really obvious puzzled look as I walk past them. Cause they're like, what does that man have tits? Um, but like, yeah, not, not so much as gigs, but like, I'm like in the street and stuff, I can feel pretty unsafe. Mm. I think. Well, mm. that's something you mentioned on your GoFundMe pages. It is quite an important thing to be able to uh, pass for lack of a better, better word. Can you tell us about what, what that word in, in air quotes means uh, and why, why it's pretty important? Passing, I guess the definition is just like being able to uh, appear as though you're a cisgender uh, person of whichever you choose, uh, I guess. And mm. I wouldn't say I overly pass most days. Like I, I think even if I've got like, tons of makeup on or whatever like I'm, I'm really tall and yeah I've got this voice that I haven't tried to change at all um 
And like, I don't have the most feminine figure. It's there. It could be a lot worse. I'm quite luckily was always blessed with childbearing hips, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's just kind of like, yeah, basically the ability to not look trans. Sure. Have you thought sure. of, is, was that something genuinely that you had considered as like changing a voice to try and uh, have a more feminine voice? And is that something people do? Uh, yeah, that's like heaps of people do that. Uh, like, cause that's like with female to male testosterone does change your voice a little bit, but estrogen doesn't. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of train your voice to go higher. Um, which I like, I, I think I tried once and I was at home alone and I felt more self-conscious than if I was doing like sure. new material naked in front of like <laughs> all my favorite comedians. Well, anything like, you do with the mirror at home alone is awful. You know, practicing kissing. <laughs> it's like it's all yeah. it's all really uncomfortable stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, I, I don't know. But like, I also just like I kind of like my voice. Yeah. And like, yeah. I've, like, I've got stand, I've got stand up about it, but like I just like, I, I think the idea uh, is really funny for like maybe like way down the track after I've like had surgeries and everything is like looking like a cis woman, but then still having this voice. Yeah, that's great, and it does, does does touch on something you mentioned earlier on, which is being your true self as well. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's an element of of that being the the voice that you have and the voice that you know that you like is part of that yeah, too. Totally, and I can also like I, I don't know I can do lots of funny weird little you know voices and shit which make me laugh. And I'm like <laughs> I was afraid I was genuinely afraid of losing that. I'm like if, if I change it, will I be able to? Yeah, absolutely. Do voices and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 awesome that you you know can. Uh, Keep the things that you that you love and change the things that you want to change, and that's that's part of the journey. So, hey, yeah. Rosie Piper, thanks so much for joining us on today's chat, Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, uh, Comfy Couches and Comfy Topics. And I guess a final question for anyone who would be in your position growing up. I mean, it's such a difficult time as it is, uh, let alone feeling that you are in the wrong body. Is there anything that you could tell uh, young people who might be experiencing similar feelings to your young self? I think as hard as it may be, it's really worth talking to someone because like the sooner you can like kind of comprehend what you're feeling, the sooner you can do something about it. Um, cause like, as much as like, I kind of think like, you know, my life has happened be the way it was meant to, uh, like <laughs> you do often think like, Oh, but like, what would I look like if I started on hormones? Like yeah. when I was in the developmental ages, like I'd look much prettier. <laughs> well honestly it, it's uh it's inspiring stuff um and we really appreciate you being on the show rosie so thanks so much well thank you so much for having me that's all right and someone to talk to if you do need to lifeline is always there one three one 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 four but rosie piper love your work thank you so much for joining us here with matt and alex and uh yeah hopefully we'll see you back on stage soon now that uh things crowds are able to gather once again yeah thanks yeah. so much guys